steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! To the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we are wrapping up our draft coverage a little bit late. Uh, both Drew and I were sick last week, so we didn't get to do that last week. Uh, but the main emphasis on the show here this week will be looking at the schedule. Uh, we will be making bold predictions, uh, rash assertions, and all kinds of you know other you know fake analysis of a schedule that really we don't know a whole lot about. Uh, to be quite honest with you, because we don't know a lot about these teams just yet. But uh, we're going to overreact, and uh, we're going to try to pinpoint uh, where the Vikings are going to land in the first 17-game uh, season in NFL history. So that's the goal of today's show. Um, let's jump right into it then, huh? Um, so as far as the draft is concerned, when we last spoke with you guys, we talked about Christian Derrissaw and Kellen Mond. Uh, we wrapped that whole thing up, for at least for the time being. Uh, let's take a look at the guys that we didn't touch on. Uh, you know, we'll give some kind of brief thoughts on each one of them, or if you have anything special, Drew, feel free to jump mm-hmm. in. But uh, this group includes Chad Surratt from North Carolina, Wyatt Davis, Patrick Jones II. Uh, I'm going to butcher this running back's last name so many times over the course, if I have to say it often. Uh, Kine Nwangu, uh, Cameron Bynum, Janarius Robinson, Amir Smith-Marset, Zach Davidson, and Jalen Twyman is your the rest of your 2021 class here uh of that group is there anyone that stands out to you that you know you think is not just going to make the roster this year i think uh probably 65 70 percent of these guys are going to make the roster um is there anyone that you think is going to do something um with those middle round selections this first year um in the nfl i think uh janarius robinson has i think the best chance to make a like a real solid contribution um just because i think the vikings need to address edge um in this in this draft quite a bit. And I think he's got the size and he's got the athleticism, I think to maybe make that impact. Um, some of the, the technique stuff is still a bit behind. Uh, but I think that was a big part for me was addressing edge. And so I think for as much as I really like what the Vikings did in the draft, you know, they got, um, if they're kind of their top picks, they address quarterback, they went in and got a couple of linemen that could start this year. Uh, but I think the sort of downside was that they didn't address edge. Um, and so Janarius Robinson to me is the guy that um, is going to at least compete for sort of some spots, you know, with your Weatherly and your um, and your other players there as well. Uh, DJ Wanham, you know, there's going to be some competition there, I think. Uh, and I think Robinson has the potential to make an impact. The Vikings went after here a little bit of size athleticism. And right. then, I mean, they've had success in the past developing those type of players. And another guy that will be joining that group, too, is the third round pick Patrick Jones. Yeah. Uh little different player. I think Janarius Robinson, you know, it's interesting that you think that a fourth round pick would have more like yeah, I do. more success immediately than a third round pick. Uh, the funny thing about Patrick Jones, I guess what makes that pick interesting is that the same slot that, or the same general area that the Vikings have selected Scott Crichton and Daniil Hunter, two project players. One of them worked out. Yeah. One, one worked not. out. Those are kind of the extremes of how a player exactly, can work out. Right? Yeah. Both were selected in that kind of that mid round third, mid third round slot. Patrick Jones is just the kind of the latest uh, edge rusher to be among that group. Uh, 
I think Janarius Robinson kind of the, the mold of this player is just more appealing. Um, I, I like what I've read about Patrick uh, Robinson. Sorry, I'm going to – there's too many names that I'm going through in my head right now. <laughs> Between Patrick Jones and Patrick and uh, Janarius Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Patrick Jones to me is like he's not as appealing physically, right? Janarius Robinson kind of has like an Everson Griffin feel. 6'5", 260, like yeah. he's a big boy. Pat, you know, as far as, you know, Patrick Jones goes, it's more of kind of a physique, like he's going to be a technical player. The stuff that I've seen about him, including, you know, him being a bit of a film nut, watching everyone from Aaron Donald to, you know, Daniil Hunter, who's going to be, he's, you know, hopefully going to be playing snaps opposite of this year. Um, I, I like that type of player as well, but when you just look at the physical stature, um, Robinson's probably more appealing, especially for you know rotational snaps immediately. I think that there's a case to be made that Jones has to add a little bit of weight, or at least some good weight, or some he has to transition a little bit if he's going to be a pure four-three edge rusher. I think, whereas Janarius Robinson, I think could step in immediately. I'm withdrew on that. Um, obviously, Wyatt Davis is kind of the 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 home run mm-hmm. here in terms of like appeasing fans, right? Um, Interior offensive lineman, Ohio State, uh, Big Ten. I mean, what uh, he's – if there wasn't a Pat Elfline age in, in, in Vikings territory, this pick would look perfect, right? Uh, yeah, but I know that there's someone out there a that's – a little PTSD about, right, uh, right, right. you know, off, Ohio, State, Ohio State interior offensive lineman. Uh, but, you know, why I think that there's a really high floor here, right? And if the worst-case scenario is Pat Elfline, um, I feel like that's still – I mean, it could be worse, right? The guy started for a couple of years. He's still, still a starter technically in the NFL. If you get that in your mid round pick, I mean, that's, that's probably a net positive, all things considered. So, um, and yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, right? Wyatt Davis is going to come in. He's going to probably be, you know, a favorite to land a starting job. I was just going to say to you, like, like he has to screw up, right. To not start. I think so. Um, I mean, I, I would consider, right. Just because of how that, the, the situation at that spot right now. Um, and then we talked about, I think they handled this brilliantly in terms of addressing the need without, uh, you know, using a high draft pick on the guard spot, right? I think the fear was Elijah Vera Tucker um, right away in the draft. And actually the Vikings, um, you know, traded out of that spot for the Jets to trade him there or to draft him there. Uh, so at 14, but I like, I think, the value for Wyatt Davis at 14 or at, you know, in the third or uh, later round pick is much higher than Vera Tucker at 14. So I like that a lot. And I think, like I said, I mean, he's going to be a good fit. I think he'll be, like I said, really high floor. And I like that about him. Right. Um, the Vikings really kind of followed, you know, I think what a lot of us as fans wanted the script uh, just in terms of like, you know, getting the optimal value at the right in the right rounds. Right. Uh, they got the third round guard. I really like the third round guard. I'm withdrew mm-hmm. on that as well. Um, I really like the third round quarterback where I did that. Um, I like the first round offensive tackle. I mean, I like, you know, f- kind of mixing in edge rushers and playmakers in the middle rounds, you know, Cameron Bynum's another one that we haven't talked about, that I think looks really good on film as well. The cornerback, the one cornerback that Mike Zimmer got in this class. Um, I think that you have to like the potential of Amir uh, Smith Marset, the Iowa wide receiver who can yeah. do kick return, punt return, um, slot receiver, outside receiver, route like weird route combinations, jet sweeps, etc. You have to like the playmaking ability there, um, and that's another middle round pick. Um, I, I mean, just as a whole, like the script that the Vikings followed, the one area where they kind of deviated from something that I would, you know, I guess I would have preferred that they didn't take a running back in the fourth round. That's really splitting hairs. I mean, I, I understand that this kid that they got that I can't pronounce his name, Nwangu, 
uh, from Iowa State. I understand that he's an amazing athlete and he you know, could really do some damage to the NFL. I still don't like, in principle, drafting the running back there when you could just take a flyer. See, I think I think they there's a I think there's more of a plan to there could be the plan to use him more in a receiver type of role, even though that's kind of what. You know, Smith Marset could be as well, but I think I like the idea of bringing in two guys that are kind of similar in that role in that way, where they have the return uh, capabilities um, on special teams and just have uh, game breaking ability with the ball in their hands. Uh, so now it's going to kind of be up then to Kubiak, Clint Kubiak to kind of get the ball in their hands and, and be creative about it. But I like that they're going that direction because um, that seems to be kind of how you know how NFL offenses are trending, right? It's kind of it's more pass plays, but it's you know they're. I guess, uh, you know, shorter, quicker concepts that get the ball into the playmaker's hands, let them work a little bit. And so I like to see that the Vikings are kind of attacking that route with a couple of these guys. One, listen as a running back, but I think there could, there's the potential for him to do more than just, you know, out of a standard traditional running back role. I think my issue more than anything is just that the snaps that you're theoretically replacing, you know, if he is playing running back, right, is you're replacing Mike Boone's snaps, right? You know, like sure. Alex, you know, Dalvin Cook is your obvious starter. Alexander Madison has shown that he could be, you know, a potential starter in the NFL and has certainly earned that role as the as his backup. Um, that's my only issue there. Again, I'm splitting hairs. It's the fourth round. Like, I mean, who really cares? I, honestly, I don't. I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving you something that you know, kind of was against the grain in terms of what I think. Uh, most of us would like to see the Vikings do, but again, you can never, you know, it's, you're going to have to manufacture idea. touches probably, but I think it's one of those where it's, it's a, I mean, that's what you want at this part of the draft, right? You want, you know, the high ceiling, low floor with the exception right? of, uh, that's what with, I was with say. the exception can... of filling a starting guard role, but anywhere else, really, you want the guy that has the volatility to be a really, really effective, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, superstar type game breaking player with the ball in his hands. Uh, but if it doesn't work out, you know, with due to, you know, raw, not being able to run routes or um, having some issues, you know, whatever, maybe with vision. But um, that's I think that's what I like about the Vikings with this draft and this pick is volatility there where it could be a superstar. Awesome pick. Um, and I like that chance, just the, the chance of that happening. I, I should mention, too, that running backs do make great special teams players as well. So for that reason alone, this could be an amazing pick. You know, if you get an athlete that's going to provide four years of service, good quality service on special teams. I mean, that's also worth a fourth round pick, regardless of whether he's listed as a running back, or, you know, a yeah. cornerback, tight end, whatever. I don't care. Um, in terms of, you know, kind of to wrap this up, is there anything that the Vikings did that either, you know, kind of you wish they would have done, like maybe you would have liked to have seen them go get a tight end, for example, something that they didn't do until the fifth round with Zach Davidson. I don't think that's a very exciting pick. Uh, stuff like that. Is there anything that the Vikings didn't do that you'd like to see them do uh, or, or is this you know just another quality draft from Rick Spielman that I guess we'll see in a couple of years how it truly pans out well I guess the I guess the one knock and now again we I could be wrong about this I think this is the same popular knock with the Daniel Hunter pick but it was just it seemed like a bit of a reach for Surratt um, for Chaz Surratt and again I, I hope he listens to this or you know he's motivated by by that and, and ter- makes me wrong I would love to be wrong but that's just the first thought I have um, and you know, again, I, again, I, I, if you've seen the film now, again, this is maybe not a fair comparison, but if you've seen the film that uh, Dara saw against right. UNC, that's Hilarious. what I'm going back to, and uh, I know that's very ingrained into my mind. Uh, but of course, maybe the Viking scouting department saw something a little bit different. It's weird that it's not ingrained in different. their mind. Yeah, I know that's that's the thing that you know maybe there's something else going on, but it just seems like a bit of a reach for him. But hey, uh, maybe I'm proven wrong here. He looks like a great athlete on paper, just in terms of measurables, right? Uh, a lot of these guys do it. Kind of, 
you know, I, I was kind of running through the mock draftables just to see, you know, if well, I was, any, like, while I was surrounded, it was, wasn't about athleticism really. It's just about like kind of being in the wrong spot um, where he, yeah. you know, quite, quite often it seemed like. And then at the same time too, with the Derisaw, uh, you can see Derisaw get the, the leverage advantage on seemingly every snap. So just things like that. Um, but I mean, who knows again, maybe, you know, uh, could be proven wrong here in camp and, and in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I don't have a whole uh, lot of faith in Chaz either. Uh, I think it's hilarious that his name's Chaz first and foremost. That, that's uh, that's different for me in terms of an NFL player. Um, but, you know, I wish the, I wish all these guys the best. I um, I don't see like a, a bona fide bust candidate. Right. You know, and I know that a lot of these guys will be busts. You know, if you consider, you know, a late round pick to be a bust, whether, you know, Regardless, whatever your standard is, um, there probably will only be three or four of these guys remaining on the team's roster in three or four years. Um, that's just kind of how the NFL draft typically works. And uh, the good news is that I don't really see a you know obvious candidate this year. They didn't draft a long snapper. They didn't draft you know a kicker. Um, they didn't. They they followed my rules. And uh, so as a fan, you got to be happy about that. Um, again, Darisaw Mod, really exciting picks. And I think some of these guys in the middle round here uh, could uh, potentially be interesting. I'm looking specifically at. I'm with you on Janarius Robinson, um, and then Smith Marset is who I'm kind of like honing in on as my. I'm curious um, about him as well. I like him a lot because I see some like I see some Maryland Stephon Diggs right, just in terms of like the playmaking ability. Now, not nearly the type of route runner, but he also has the ability to make an immediate impact on special teams. So, well, I he's going to have the opportunity I anyway. I mean, the, the, he's going to have the opportunity to just give where the Vikings' depth is at right. the position. Um, there's going to be the opportunity. He's going to get the chance to be the number three receiver this year. There's um, that too. And so yeah. that'll be fun to watch in camp. You know, he and BC and I guess Chad Beebe or whoever else is in that conversation. Uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. Absolutely. You know, and I know that the Vikings have been. There's been rumors floated around about you know D.D. Westbrook. Um, yeah, but I don't think any of that is materialized, and so for that reason, you're right. Uh, Marset is your or Smith Marset, I should say, um, is your is your <laughs> wide receiver three to start the to start the camp probably probably. So that'll be interesting to see um, and see how the Vikings ch- choose to use him as well. So, um, all right, let's uh, we'll talk more about these rookies and everyone else here as we get closer to camp. But for now, let's focus on the schedule release and just say some you know absurd reactions that mean absolutely yes. nothing. Just uh, again, so much can happen between now and what September fourth is it this year? Uh, that really, what we say today just does not matter. It it really doesn't. It, it's fun to pick apart the schedule. It's fun to you know try to envision what the Vikings might be able to do here. You know, given a full bill of health and you know everything around them, kind of the circumstantially doesn't change a whole lot. Uh, but just keep that in mind here. We're, we're we're having fun by breaking down the schedule today. This is not. I'm not aiming for 100. percent you know, on this test here, this is this is a joke, basically. So, um, <laughs> all right, week one, Vikings are scheduled to play against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road. Interesting for one reason, Mike Zimmer, of course, former defensive coordinator in Cincinnati, so a bit of a homecoming of sorts for him. Um, had pl- has had plenty of success in Minnesota after having years of success defensively in Cincinnati, um, so that's fun for him. Um, we'll also potentially get the opportunity to see Joe Burrow in action. Jamar Chase is in his first game in the NFL, you know, again, barring something crazy happening. Um, should be an interesting game. I don't know how, you know, I think the Vikings in theory stack up pretty well against this team. And, you know, I think it's, I think we'd like to say this is a pretty easy win, but um, Joe, you know, Joe Burrow's kind of an X factor here. Like he could come out really, really yeah. nice. And uh, this Cincinnati Bengals team has been rebuilding for a couple of years now. I mean, Who's to say this isn't the year that they start to put things together and the Vikings are their first victim? I 
that's just kind of my initial thoughts. That's and then that's exactly the part about why this is it's it's kind of uh, absurd to even go in too far in depth this early. Is just because right. that type of thing development happens. We don't even know if Burrow's going right. to start yet. To but be I will say, LSU fans will be tuned into this game. Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Daniel Hunter, Patrick Peterson. Like there's a lot right. of LSU, a lot of big LSU names in this one. So that that'll be a fun one. Um, but I, 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 you know, aside, I mean, very loose analysis. This is a great game for the Vikings to get sort of, a, I guess, a good start to the season if moment if you're into that momentum type of thing. Absolutely. All right. So I'm, I'm going to give him a W here just for the sake of, you know, for the yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's, let's do our May 17th or May 18th yeah. schedule prediction here. Excellent. All right. So I'm going to give him a W. You're giving him a W as well. Uh, second game here. We are staying on the road. So I just want to point out right away here. Vikings have high potential to screw up their season immediately based off of how their schedule unfolds yeah. kind of early on. Um, They're at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, uh, this is interesting for a number of different reasons. Of course, this is Kyler Murray's third year in the NFL. Looked like an MVP candidate early last season. Really fell apart and showed major inconsistency uh, towards the end of his year two campaign. Arizona ends up falling out of the playoffs. They become this extremely interesting team over the offseason, signing J.J. Watt, of course, you know, making some of these other big moves to bring in A.J. Green. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's going to stay there. So you have that kind of that interesting three generations of wide receiver, uh, giving Murray every opportunity in the world here to succeed. Um, the Vikings get them on their turf in week two. Again, I think the Vikings are more established. They look better on paper. But this is another one of those teams, like Cincinnati, I think they're a step in front of Cincinnati, just in terms of being ready to compete, that you could end up getting blown out in this game if they mm-hmm. show up week one and they're playing the type of football that we think we all believe Kyler Murray has the potential to play in the NFL. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving the Vikings a loss here, first take, just because – I, I like I don't like Murray's uh, mobility, and I think that's continually giving the Vikings fits as mobile quarterback. So, um, but it'll be that'll be kind of a good test for this defense. See, is this defense you know really back? Is the Mike Zimmer defense back? Because there's a lot of weapons on that Cardinal offense that can put up yards and points in a hurry, and so this will be a good test to kind of see right away. I know, you know, with Burrow and and the Bengals, it might be. Their offensive line is still kind of rebuilding, and Burrow's still a young quarterback. So you might get kind of an easy, I guess, I don't want to say easy game first, but, you know, manageable game first. But then the Cardinals, I think, will be a big test. Uh, I'm going to go with an L here. Yeah, I'm going to give the Vikings a loss here, too, uh, just for the sake of, you know, I, I think anything can happen that game. Um, I, I totally, totally could see, you know, Cliff King, Kingsbury coming out and laying an egg week one and this team looking like trash coming into week two. I mean, that's on the, that's on paper as well. Like, that could easily happen. Um but for now, I'm going to bet on Murray being the MVP candidate as opposed to kind of the yeah. inconsistent roller coaster ride that he was last year, um, at least to start uh, next year where the Vikings are going to get them. Keep in mind, too, the Vikings won't have their full playbook implemented, too. So there'll be more freelancing. They're asking more young guys to do more. Uh, Cameron Dancer specifically, um, week two is, you know, that's the opportunity. That's, uh, that's something that, you know, Kingsbury will attack and, you mm-hmm. know. You'd like to think that an offensive-minded head coach could find a way to exploit that. So something to keep an eye on. All right. Week three here, Vikings return home, but they get the Seattle Seahawks. Um, again, do we have to play the Seahawks every year, first of all? <laughs> Second of all – At least it's at home. At least year. it's at home. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think the Vikings even said something funny about how they don't have to go to Seattle this year. The Seahawks, in fact, come to the Vikings. Uh, you get Russell Wilson returning, of course. Um, he was not traded despite every weird rumor that went on this offseason. Uh, this is still a very good team. It's a very competitive team. I do think they're a more vulnerable team. 
So they're kind of like the opposite of the Cardinals, where the Cardinals are trending up, and I'm not really sure. It's more like for the Seahawks, it seems to me they're trending down, and I'm not really sure where they're at in terms of that trend down. It might. Russell Wilson has never won less than nine games in an NFL season. So he's never technically fallen apart completely. I don't expect Seattle to do that again this year. So they're right. going to be a quality team. I just don't know how quality of an opponent. I think the Vikings have a slight edge because they're playing at home. But again, this is one of those games where if Russ is cooking early, like he was last year. Yeah, well, and the Vikings had him. The Vikings had him on the ropes last year. Uh, they convert one fourth and in inches or fourth and one, and they actually win at Seattle after they had started off hot. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here, though. I mean, it's 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 to me, it's simply about Russell Wilson making plays. He finds a way to get his team wins at the end of games if it's close at all. Vikings find a way to get themselves into a lot of close games, uh, and I just think Russ is the guy that has more of that it factor in those close games than Kirk does. So I'm going to go with Russ. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give the Vikings a loss here, too. I think that, again, there's high potential for the Vikings to win this game as well, um, which is for the sake of kind of seeing the the floor. I'm more interested in the floor than the ceiling when we're doing this, just because I think that that's a more effective analysis when you're talking about seven months before, or, you know, six months, three months, whatever. I can't do math. It doesn't Mentally, it's better for me just to have a, a floor, like, like a kind of, right. you right. know, temper the expectations, and then right. if it goes well, great. So we'll give the Vikings a loss there. We're standing at one and two here. That's September, by the way. So that's how quickly the season can kind of go off the rails. If you blow that one against Cincinnati, you have two tough games in a row. Um, and then you stay at home. Again, This is again. you could easily start 0-4 here. You got Cleveland in week four. Now, I know it's Cleveland. I know that's everyone's immediate reaction. They're also – It's not the same Browns. Suit. It's not the same Browns. Uh, these are – it's a homecoming for, you know, your former offensive coordinator that effectively built – Special teams coach, too. Court. Special teams coach as well. Um, this a lot of narratives, a lot of storylines, but I think the most important one here is that as of right now, the Browns are considered a Super Bowl contender. The Vikings are not. Um, I think the I think the Browns might be favored on oh, the road will. in Minnesota. They will. They should be, and they will win this game. I think uh, the Browns are a more well-rounded team, better roster all across the board. Um, I think the one advantage the Vikings would have, uh, oddly enough, in this game is that quarterback. Um, so if you know, if Zimmer can coach, you know, scheme up a couple of mistakes by Baker, I think Kirk can have a good enough game to keep the Vikings in it and, and you know, in contention. But I think uh, on paper, you got to go Browns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think the Browns will be favored here. And again, for the sake of argument, I'll stick with that. I'll say that this is a loss as well. You know, Kevin Stefanski knows what to do in terms of breaking down the Vikings defense. Um, yeah. I don't know how, he, if he can effectively implement a strategy, but he could definitely break it down. So I'm going to give him an, I'm going to give him a significant edge there. Flip side to that, of course, that Mike Zimmer knows how to break down Kevin Stefanski's offense as well. Um, it's kind of, you know, a, a mentor versus mentor. Brown's battle, roster so. though is, I mean, it's, they have know, more players. They have more players. Baker could take well. a next step. I mean, they're going to be a really, really tough team to beat. Um, Absolutely. I think they, they've got, they have a well-rounded roster there in Cleveland. All right. So we are now in early October. Again, season can really go off the rails quick. The Vikings do have a saving blow here. Um, Detroit. That's always Detroit. Week yeah. Week five stands with Detroit. Uh, you're playing at home. I think we can confidently, before even you know looking into this one a little bit. You don't even have to discuss this one. It's we Detroit still. They yeah, Jared Goff is now their. They they got worse at quarterback, um, which was like the only position that they like um, had something to you know argue for uh, in the NFL landscape. Uh, I, I don't think the Lions are a threat at all. I think they're going to be a three to four win team this year in a 17 game season. Yeah, I, I think they'll be a little bit better than that. I'll give them a little bit more credit, but yeah, I do think they got they got worse at quarterback. Uh, they didn't really improve anywhere else. So I think overall, it's fair to say that they're worse than last year. And the Vikings, you know, for basically 
since they moved to the North Division have had Detroit's number. So I don't think there's any reason to suggest that they wouldn't this year. Um, so we'll go Detroit. Two and three here. Uh, heading to week six, you're at Carolina. So you're going back on the road here, but you do get about a bit of a fluff opponent, if you will. I'm not saying you can run this team over, uh, but Matt Rule's in his second year as head coach. Uh, they are going to be working with a young quarterback or – you know, I don't know if it's going to be still a veteran quarterback, but they're either going to be working with a young quarterback or I don't know. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold is. He's, he's a guy. We, he's nobody a really guy. knows because he was on the Jets. Do we call Actually, him a young quarterback still? Like, yeah, I, mean, I think I, I, I will say this, though. Playing quarterback for the Jets can probably age a guy quite a bit. So I, th- I still um, think he's talented. But, like, again, I don't think he's turning it around in six weeks in Carolina. No. No, which is oh. why I got the Vikings in this game. I, I think very lowly of the Panthers as well still, uh, despite the fact that they almost beat the Vikings last year. Um, defensively, they're just too beat up. They're not quite there yet. They're building something. I think it'll be a good, a really good roster in like three to four years, but they're just not quite there yet. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in that one. Yeah, I'll go with the Vikings as well. Uh, that brings us to three and three heading into the Vikings week seven bye. Um, I think at a 16-game slate, week seven sounds like a great time to have a bye. 17-game slate. Not as exciting about that, as excited about that. But again, does it really matter? Probably not. Um, week eight is really kind of when things start to become, you know, you find out what type of team you have. Uh, yeah. That's also, you know, the part of the calendar where you have to figure out what type of team you are. But, you know, the Vikings have three matchups in a row here. I think they could easily lose all three at the same time. If they're competing in all three of these games, you know, this could be a very good season for the Vikings. Um you start week eight at home, off your bye against Dallas. Again, narrative ties with Mike Zimmer there. Going back to, you know, Jerry Jones still kind of courting him now um, to his days when he was a great defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. So there should be some fun uh, from there. And I believe the last time the Vikings played there was the prefer game where Zimmer couldn't even coach because he had the eye surgery. They had a uh, – there was a game more recently than that where they, was there? they actually okay. had NBC. It was the game where Rodeff had two touchdowns and they okay. right. threw all over him. And the Vikings still won that game, but right. Another uh, interesting I'm, narrative you bring up right there, Dak Dak Prescott is yeah. he the same guy. Who knows? Yeah, I I feel very weird about this game because I don't I still don't think the Cowboys are any good, but I still like the the roster is talented, right? Um, it's so and we don't really know with the whole Dak thing how his offense will be back again. Um, I'm gonna it's to me it's just a, I guess it's a toss up at home. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Vikings cautiously. I think it's it's one of those though again where if Dak has a good game, they probably don't have much uh, of a fighting chance. I guess. I think the Cowboys are kind of in a similar spot to the Vikings, like just in terms of like. That's true of, because like, you know both years. teams I think have overall they're good rosters, um, but I think there's there's there, I think there's depth issues for one, and I think you know they're in the same situation where a lot of guys returning from injury that. Um, kind of derailed the, se- the team season last year. Uh, so there is that similarity there for both of them. So here's my differentiator. Mike McCarthy is their head coach still. I'm going to give the Vikings the edge. So that yeah. pushes the Vikings to four and three heading into week nine at the Baltimore Ravens. I think so. There were two games that the Vikings were uh, had below 50% chance of winning their, their, their chance, you know, the win probability has is already in the middle of May was below 50%. One of them was this game here against Baltimore. I believe they're at like 42% chance of winning. Obviously, you're traveling on the road. Uh, East Coast, uh, it's not, you know, you're in the middle of, you're at the beginning of November. It's probably going to be a colder game. Uh, but you're dealing with Lamar Jackson. So we've already gone over how the Vikings, you know, deal with mobile quarterbacks. That's a problem. Um, you're also dealing with an enhanced roster. I think this team got better since last year. And they were already a very good team. Um, I think that they're arguably a top three AFC team right now. 
I think that's mm-hmm. I, I think I could say that pretty confidently. Um, I think that this is probably one of the most dangerous games that the Vikings have because you could look at this one just on paper and be like, they have no shot because it's yeah. on the road against it. Which AFC is exactly Powers. how I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. So if you if you are the Vikings, I'm saying it's dangerous because like you're not supposed to win this game. You're just not supposed to. Right, and I, I, I don't see. I mean, I think the Ravens roster is very complete. Uh, they're especially they're getting more help now at receiver too, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that offense will be even more high powered this year. And of course, defensively they're they're solid as well. So I got the Ravens in this one, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a, a you know a, a blowout. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how the, how the Vikings play that game because again, we'll we'll learn about the team in that one for sure. Uh, week ten here. Right. Uh, you're still on the road. Now you're heading to Los Angeles. Uh, you're playing the Chargers. Um, this is interesting because generally we'd make a joke or something about playing on the road against the Chargers, but I don't really know what the fan attendance is going to look like anywhere. So I can't really start there, can I? Um, Justin Herbert. They also have their stadium player. finally. So, like, I mean, does that help them or does it hurt? Does it help the Vikings? Because there'll be more Vikings fans that can be there versus that little soccer stadium they were playing in. Nobody yep. knows. Uh, you got Justin Herbert coming off an amazing rookie year. Um, obviously, you know, we have our opinions about the offensive rookie of the year trophy yes. there, but still a very good player. Nonetheless, I think this roster has improved significantly as well. Uh, I thought they had the best draft pick in, you know, in the first round period, uh, getting Rashad Slater uh, to fill, fortify that offensive line where they were not, not in a good place. Uh, and now I think they have a better opportunity to succeed offensively. Uh, I think this one's dangerous. I think the Vikings might be losers on this one. I think so too. Uh, I think the Chargers are the better bet here, uh, just because. I mean, I think Herbert's going to take that next step. Uh, I think their roster on both sides is pretty darn good. Keen Allen's going to be a problem for whoever tries to cover him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm taking the Chargers, assuming the Vikings and Mike Zimmer can't scheme up another turnover happy game like last time they went to, uh, you know, the Chargers and it was Philip Rivers throwing them seven interceptions or whatever it was. But uh, I'll take the I'll take the Chargers in that one. All right, so we'll go, both go on Chargers then. That brings us to, let me see here. It should be four and five at the, at that point. Four and five through week 10. So, again, we're re- you're going to really find out who you are here because now you got Green Bay at home. Uh, Which nobody, I mean, the, the Aaron Rodgers factor, nobody knows at this point. Right. Um, I think I think odds are probably. Vikings have I, the I odds know. here. Because you're playing so. I think so. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting because, and then, of course, the Rodgers thing makes it. Right, uh, a total kind of crapshoot here, right? You can't even bet on the Packers right now, like in terms of their like season total for wins. They're not right because you right can't. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take the Vikings at home just because, you know, I will too. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna just gonna split with them just because there's so much uncertainty with the Rodgers thing. Like if Rodgers is gone, I like the Vikings to beat them both games. Um, but if the Rodgers is there, you know, I, I really don't like the Vikings win any of those games. So I'm gonna just take the Vikings at home for that sake, and we'll kind of redo this obviously when when we know more about Rodgers. Right. Uh, week 12, you head to San Francisco. Still a good football team. I think they've come down to earth a little bit. You might be having, you might have a rookie quarterback at this point too. I kind of expect you'll get Trey Lance yeah. in week 12, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I like the Vikings chances here, especially if they are the team that we kind of think they're, they are, uh, they should beat this type of kind of rebuilding center. Nah, I don't want to call See, San Francisco. A rebuilding I think, I think San Francisco's roster I think San Francisco's roster is still really, really good. Um, and if Kyle Shanahan is the miracle worker that we think he is at quarterback, um, I think the Niners will be a lot better than they were last year. And I'm going to take the Niners in this game. Uh, 
I think that roster, when it's if it gets back healthy, you remember all the injuries they dealt with last year. Right. If they get healthy, I think they're going to be a really tough team, and that NFC West is going to be a loaded division. Uh, so I'm going to take the Niners in this one, actually. Okay. Well, since we're evaluating floor, let's give them a loss there. Then um, I personally would probably give them the I'd probably give the Vikings that one. Uh, Richard Sherman's not going to be back there. There's going to be some changes. Uh, I did really like. Did you guys see those like that weird highlight that showed up from that like undrafted guy, undrafted cornerback? Uh, it was like Demandre. I don't remember his name, but anyways, it looked like they had a really nice looking cornerback um, that popped out. out of I'll be watching for him. Yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, week 13, you head to Detroit. I think we've kind of already yeah. done Detroit. So Our stance the on the Lions is, is very well known. Vikings will right. be superior to them as right. so we'll long them- as, I mean, for the next few years. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we'll give them a win there. Then you, tra- then you travel back home. Uh, you got Pittsburgh at home. Uh, Pittsburgh's an interesting spot because I don't think Roethlisberger is good, but the rest of the oh. roster is great. Uh, I think the Vikings should win this one at home. If they're See, playing Pittsburgh, I think I think Pittsburgh is going to drop off quite a bit this year, um, and right. it, part of that's due to Roethlisberger and some of those deficiencies kind of really showing up. Um, part of that is I think I think there I think it's it's an age thing. I think there's a lot of guys that are going to drop off both sides of the ball. Um, so I think I think the Vikings. I'm going to give them this game actually. Um, I think Pittsburgh is, you know, I think the yep. 11-0 start last year was a big facade. I don't think they're yep. that good. I think they're going to fall off dramatically. I think they're going to finish third or fourth in that AFC North division. So uh, I'm going to take the Vikings. Yep, I'll take the Vikings too. Um, I, so I believe we're 7-6 and six at this point. All right, so home stretch here. Last four games of the season at standing at 7-6. and six. Um, A lot can change, obviously, between <laughs> three division yeah. games in the last month of the year. Or last, I should say the last month of games of the year, I should say. Uh, and then also the Rams. So starting with the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field, I'm just predisposed to a loss. You're playing on the road at yep, Soldier yep, Field. Same, same. Uh, I mean, even last year it was it was the weirdest game. It was because Nick the Nick Foles couldn't yeah. complete a pass. Uh, I I'm not taking the Vikings at Soldier Field until I'm convinced that that little curse or that trend is over. Right, me too. And I and I think that Justin Fields is going to struggle too, but I still think that Chicago is going to win. So uh, we'll give the Vikings a loss there to bring them seven uh, seven. Los Angeles Rams. Potential Super Bowl contender. Of course, Matthew Stafford gets added Upgraded over there. Quarterback. Upgraded quarterback, of course. Uh, you know, I think that this team probably has more talent than anyone else in the NFL, just in terms of, like, the high volume of top 100 players they have on their team. Uh, probably a couple of top 10 players for sure. Uh, this is uh, – even at home, I think the Vikings are in trouble. Uh, I think this is probably – you could probably write this one in as a loss if the Vikings aren't a lot better than I think they are. Yeah, uh, Vikings aren't winning this game. Um, I, I also think very highly of the Rams. Um, you know, obviously, I think I just can't imagine the Vikings interior offensive line right now dealing with Aaron Donald. I just don't see how that is. Uh, I don't see how they can get around that in this game, and Kirk Cousins can stay upright. So, I am going to give this one to the Rams. Excellent, I am too. Uh, last two weeks of the year, we've already covered both these teams: Green Bay on the road uh, at Lambeau Field. I'm going to give the Vikings a loss there just because I think, you know, like our analysis before, we gave the Vikings a win at home, not knowing what's happening with Rodgers. We'll give the Vikings a loss on the road. Um, for what it's worth, odds have the, that's the Vikings' lowest win probability. I think it was 39% chance of victory on the road at Lambeau. So that's an easy one. Depends to Lynn as a loss. Uh, the last one here is at home against Chicago. Uh, again, if the Vikings were playing earlier uh, on the, if, you know, Earlier in the year when they were playing on the road, the only reason I'm picking him there is because they're playing at Soldier. Yeah. I think that Fields and the Bears are going to struggle this year overall, so I can yep. comfortably give the Vikings a win at home there. Um, I think that brings us to what? 
nine and eight on the year? I believe so. Right? Or is it, eight and it was nine? seven and six when we started those before those last four games. I think we gave them just one win down the stretch. Yeah, because they lost that soldier, lost to the Rams, lost to the Packers, and then the Bears. Eight and nine um, is what I've got anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's I guess the official unbelievable podcast uh, Vikings <laughs> uh, win predictor eight and nine record for the season, uh, which is just classic Vikings yeah. uh, to go eight and nine. But I don't think they're like. I don't think it's fair to, you know, make a prediction of them being any better either. Seven to nine last year. Clearly, some roster deficiencies needed to be filled in. They they attempted to at, with spots. You know, you got Patrick Peterson at cornerback. Um, got some right. good, a couple of good interior defensive linemen coming back. You know, with Tomlinson and Michael Pierce. So there's there's reason for optimism, obviously. But uh, I I think there's still a lot of concern with depth, and I think there's going to be a point where an injury or two happens to key players, and the guys filling those spots are going to be. Um, you know, not up to par. And that's just how it works. I think the Vikings depth is lacking. I think that will come catch up to them quite a bit this year. I think if they stay healthy all the way through with a lot of their key players, those big names, I think they can be a really, really uh, a problem for the NFC, but it's just not feasible to think that. Um, I think that's why the Vikings did so well in 2017. That's why the bears did so well in 2018. They got a lot of, a ton of injury luck. Um, and then, I, I mean, if you don't have depth, it's going to be a problem. I think the Vikings don't have depth right now. So that's why I'm concerned. And that's the big red flag for me this year. I think eight and nine is a good place to start. Uh, I believe yeah. I saw that the Vikings over under was nine wins this year, uh, which kind of fits the bill. Um, you know, I think that this team could easily be a 10 win team. And I think they could easily be a seven win team. Uh, there's just a couple of things that need to go the right or wrong way. You know, as a Vikings fan, pessimistically, I'm going to say guess that they're going to go the wrong way um, as they always have. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think eight and nine is a good place to start. I think you start building wins right now. You know, uh, there's a couple of guys out there that the Vikings could potentially sign. You know, we mentioned Westbrook before. That name's been floated around. There have been other names as well. The Vikings could potentially add a little bit more, like, veteran leadership. Or just They have about, what was it, $11 million in cap space now? They're going to do something else between now and the beginning of training camp. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would think so, too, with the cap space they just created with the Mike Hughes trade. Right. I mean, um, getting rid of right. him, which – I mean, I'm also curious. I would imagine they're going to go after a corner or a defensive back of some kind because and now your, Bynum has the your, opportunity your quarterback right room is, is suddenly a little thin now with the whole Jeff Gladney uncertainty now. Um, I think you still have you know your top three guys with Peterson, Dantzler, and McKenzie Alexander are kind of your top three. But um, like I've been saying this whole show, if injuries happen, corner, you know, if any of those top three guys get hurt at corner, you get – pretty thin there and you have someone playing nickel that is very inexperienced or you have someone in there on the field that uh you know is not super reliable so that's the type of thing that i'm worried about and that's just one example but all across the roster you have a you have some good like you know a quality players starting you know harrison smith eric kendricks daniel hunter uh, on the offensive side of the ball brian o'neill of course Kirk cousins dalvin cook at receiver you have jefferson and Dillon. you know there's all kinds of a quality players but then behind them is where i get concerned and i don't think I think the depth Vikings yeah. have is lacking compared to other player, other teams. Excuse me. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, and at the same time, you could always count on the consistency of Kirk Cousins. You know, whether that bar is high enough for you or not. Uh, and I think we're Cousins will be Kirk Cousins this year. He will be. He will he'll, be he'll, consistent. He'll get big stats. He'll win some games. He'll lose some games. It'll be just enough to keep a lot enough Vikings fans on his side, and enough to uh, keep Vikings fan a lot a lot of Vikings fans against him. Uh, so right. it'll be classic, and then. I'm curious, you know, what the Vikings plan is now, because I did not anticipate them going in Vermont. We'll see what happens. Right. It could be an interesting year. And like I said, I mean, you could potentially start the season 0-4. Um, and what happens then? You know, 
that's when the fireworks happen. I remains to be seen. I mean, again, you start building wins right now, uh, between now and training camp, a lot can happen. And of course, you know, by the time you get to the end of training camp, uh, we'll have a better idea of what this team is really going to look like, uh, who the true starters are going to be and who are kind of, you know, the guys that we have our hopes up for, but not really ready yet, or maybe not quite the same player that we thought they were. So, uh, we'll continue to talk about those questions to try to give, uh, you know, the best answers that we can uh, throughout the duration of the off season here, as we start working our way towards, uh, you know, mini camp, training camp, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but that wraps up the draft that wraps up our schedule preview. Uh, any final thoughts here before we are done here for uh, this week's show? I, I don't have any, uh, but I'm curious, like I said, watch for what the Vikings might do with the extra cap space. They created almost 2 million with the Mike Hughes move. Um, mm-hmm. I they clearly have something in mind there. So I'm, I'll be curious to see what that is. There's no reason to trade Mark, Mike Hughes, Hughes there unless you have something in mind. So yeah. I'm with you. Keep an eye on that. All right, folks. Well, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can also watch us on YouTube, of course, if you prefer that medium of listening or viewing your uh, entertainment for the week. Uh, and make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket team on Daily Norseman. Uh, they're doing a lot more than we are right now, uh, especially because Drew and I haven't done a show in about two weeks because we were sick last week. So uh, make sure to check out the work that they're doing. Um, player breakdowns and uh, video analysis. I mean, audio analysis. They're doing um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So make sure to check out what the rest of the team is ch- doing. And uh, we will probably catch you guys next week. Oh.